Hello, everybody. It's Leslie Jane Seymour from Reinvent Yourself. And I have a very interesting discussion for you today. What do you do when you have it all and you feel like it doesn't mean anything? You've reached all your goals. You're standing out, looking out over the Golden Gate Bridge. Your young children are with you. You have a beautiful house, beautiful husband, beautiful kids, high-paying job at Google, and you realize something's wrong. What the heck do you do? Well, I have an answer for you. Rachel Lightfoot, who is a brand builder and has done many, many different things in her life, found out, and she decided to leave her high-paying, glamorous job that took her around the world, and Silicon Valley girl, and she wanted to spend more time with her family. She wanted her life to slow down so that she could be with her young children and didn't feel like it was all slipping away. And it was her choice, and she has wonderful tips for all of us on how to get out there. She's a social media expert. And she now runs her own practice in branding and social media. And I'm really excited for you to listen to her because we have all experienced that moment where we say, why am I doing this? And I think very few of us have the guts to actually do something about it. We just stay on that hamster wheel because that's all we know. So here we go. So I want to welcome... Our wonderful Rachel Lightfoot. Hi, Rachel. How are you? Hi, Leslie. I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for having me today. I am so thrilled to have you on the podcast because you are such a reinventor. You came to my attention through the wonderful Patrick Hanlon. And (laughs) he knows everybody who knows branding. So Let's start by talking about your own kind of reinvention. Um, Talk a little bit about, you know, what you've done before and what you do now, and then we'll dig into. Sure. Sure. So over the last 10 years, I've kind of been a jack of all trades in the marketing and branding world, having worked at companies like Google and YouTube and a couple of startups. after segueing out of publishing, which is where I really started my career. Um, But I kind of learned digital marketing from the ground up just as it was becoming a formidable thing for brands and advertisers to start caring about. And in my time at YouTube and Google, my primary job was to teach digital branding to some of our biggest advertising clients like the Nikes and Coca-Colas of the world and also to celebrities who wanted to remain relevant. Yes. Yeah. When I was at YouTube, um, you know, we had this whole talent division. And in addition to the homegrown talent that you find now popping up on YouTube natively, um, you know, there were a lot of traditional media actors and personalities who wanted to learn how to connect with their audiences online um, out of character. And so certainly YouTube was a piece of that, but we strategized ways that they could create a more holistic digital presence. Can you give so, an example of what that would be? Like, are you, like, what does that mean? 
Sure. So you might be familiar with the actor Will Smith. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't work with him directly, but certainly we did at YouTube. Um, you, Will came to YouTube and said, you know, this YouTube thing is really taking off. My kids really love it. Right. And I'm starting to really see the value in connecting with people in a raw, authentic way where I'm mm-hmm. not in character. Mm-hmm. And so how might I be able to do that across Instagram and YouTube show up on camera as me? Mm-hmm. And these platforms, YouTube especially, can get pretty tricky. They're sophisticated in terms of how to navigate and how to find the time to create this, this video-rich content. Right. And at YouTube, we're really dedicated to teaching everybody, whether you're Will Smith or... <laughs> You know, a 13-year-old girl doing video tutorials in her bedroom, the best practices to get your high-quality content seen. Hmm. And what other tools and techniques are there that you can apply across the entire web Hmm. to round out your story and your distribution? So is that something so, that an average reinventor can use? Do they go on YouTube? I didn't <laughs> even know about that. I have to tell you. Is it just Oh my goodness. I'm so dodo, right? Yes. Yes. So, YouTube is an incredible platform for reinvention. And so where do, where do people go to get instructed? Because a lot of my, um, my readership and, li- and listenership would not know where to go. Is there just a whole, do I just look for tutorials? YouTube well, tutorials? you are, you, well, there are certainly a lot of great tutorials, but I'll give my old team a plug. They've made something called the YouTube Creator Academy, Ooh, which okay. I believe is just youtubecreatoracademy.com. And it's actually kind of like a choose your own adventure, getting started guide to YouTube. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, yes. Check that out. It's certainly um, a done at your own pace kind of academy. It's, it's all free and it has high quality video tutorials from YouTube's um, homegrown success stories. So people who have actually gone from zero to millions of fans and followers on wow. the platform. All right. Uh, that's yeah. what I'm, I'm doing over the weekend. I know what my homework is this weekend <laughs> now. Yay. That's interesting. Oh, good. But that's good information for reinventors just in general. So thank you. Absolutely. It's an incredible resource for sure. What did you do after YouTube? So you did all this and then did you say like, okay, I'm helping all those people. Maybe I should do something for myself. (laughs) Um, Actually, it was a little bit, um, it was a little bit of denial for a while. Um, You see what, during the time that I was at Google and YouTube, which a lot of people don't realize are all the same company, YouTube was acquired by Google at some point. Um, you know, I was living this very um, fantastic life by many descriptors. You know, I was very well compensated. I had great benefits. Um, I had an exciting job. I got to travel the world. And they feed you in those 10 years. In these jobs, too, with fabulous <laughs> oh my food. God. I've been to some of these places. Free I would be 20 pounds heavier. Yeah. Yes. There is such thing as the Google 15, <laughs> just like in college. Yes. Uh, yes, it's, it's such a problem, such a problem. Right. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a really fantastic lifestyle. And I was learning a lot. 
Um, but what changed for me in the last couple of years is that I had children. Mm. And oh my God, though, you know, they can really throw a monkey wrench in this. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I felt like I had been on this fast track pre-kids to like checking off all of the boxes, like get the great job, get the great husband, um, you know, have your kids travel the world and buy a house. And at some point I had realized standing in my kitchen over the, the holiday break a couple of years ago, I look, I literally stood in my kitchen, looked out my window across the bay. I have a beautiful view of the Golden Gate Bridge. And I thought, my God, I've done it. I have all of the things that I ever thought that I wanted to have. They're standing right here in front of me. And I realized that I wasn't, the feeling that I had wasn't um, joy and excitement. It was deep sorrow. Oh, wow. Because I realized I had had all of these things. They were right here in front of me. But I felt like I was seeing them in that moment for the first time. Oh, my God. I know. I know, Leslie. It was really an unexpected kind of breakdown in that moment for me. Um, it, it caused me to very... Um, they were three and one. Mm, little. Okay. Yes, very little. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and each time I, I do want to say, you know, I had a very generous maternity leave. I, I did feel like I had adequate time with them, but I was so mm-hmm. excited to get back to work mm-hmm. afterwards. You know, I'm, I'm a working girl. It's, it's what also brings me joy and alive. But I realized that I, I had these beautiful children. I had this beautiful home. I had this great husband. But my mind was always on the job. My mind was always thinking about my company's clients, mm-hmm. and it wasn't, um, it wasn't that I didn't enjoy the work I did, but I realized that uh, it was coming at the cost of mm-hmm. appreciating what I had finally, <laughs> you know, um, built in my own life, mm. and so... Uh, you know, I, I kind of kept this, this sorrow to myself for a couple of days, hemming and hawing about what do I do with this now that I know how I'm feeling about, uh, you know, where I am at this point in my life, what do I do about it? I can't quit my job. I was, I was the breadwinner in mm. our family. Mm. I felt, I felt so, uh, I was 32. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and my husband, incredibly hardworking, has a very successful career, but in publishing. And as I'm sure you're well aware, publishing is not the most no. uh, forward thinking or progressive, you know, especially compared no. to tech. Yeah. Oh, so, my God. No, absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're in the Bay Area. You know, we have this, you know, we have a mortgage. I knew it would be a preposterous recommendation to leave my job or to cut my hours, um, you know, because we had so much to support now. And the funny thing is I decided that's exactly what I need to do. Oh, I needed a complete reset. Um, About a year prior to this, I realized that I could start moonlighting as a brand consultant. There were so many small businesses and individuals that I wanted to help outside of these really big fortune 500 companies and these celebrity clients. 
And I always thought in the back of my mind, well, one day, maybe I could go out on my own and do this full time. And I kind of, you know, I took on a couple of clients and put it in my back pocket. And when I realized the next year in this, this moment in my kitchen, that I needed to leave my job and reset, I was like, okay, well, at the very least, I know I can do this. And so I did, I just kind of jumped. So you just, what did your bosses think? Oh my gosh. Did they think you <laughs> so, lost your mind or? A little bit. Yes. Um, and I, and I was, and I worried that I had lost my mind too. <laughs> oh, <okay>. So <laughs> I, I went, um, I went back to work after the new year and I told my boss, this wonderful woman that I have a great relationship with. I said, you know, I, I have to leave. Hmm. I said, there's just something calling me um, on the other side of the bay. It's my life. It's my little kids. I want to be at home more, but I'm not leaving to be a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. I'm leaving to figure out if I can be more of myself, live more of my life while also helping others do the same thing. And at first she was shocked and then she cried and gave me a big hug. And Aww. she said she was so excited for me. Um, but then I was left to really figure it out. So everybody knew I was leaving. Wow. I didn't have, I didn't have much more of a plan at that time other than I know I'm a great brand strategist. Mm. I've tested this a little bit and I'm going to go for it. So you weren't making so much money yet in your, um, in my side consulting. No, that no you said, Oh my God, this is a huge trajectory. You just kind of had that going along and it was more that you had to go leave the other thing. And so you grabbed this. It wasn't, it wasn't yes. one mistake. Wow. Yes. The pull was so strong. Once wow. I realized that I couldn't hem and haw forever. And once I realized that this was the thing that was taking too much of my energy, it was just, I will figure this out. Wow. Okay. And so, um, and so I did, I started socializing to everybody and, you know, <laughs> Google is a fantastic network. Um, the very first thing that I did was I started an email list I knew that I wanted to get people following along on my entrepreneurial journey. Mm -hmm. um, being the brand builder that I am, I know how important it is for you to build a community around whatever it is that you're building. Mm -hmm. And in absence of a fully fledged business, I wanted people to be captivated by this idea mm. that you could leave your high powered, high paying job at a place like Google mm. and survive. Mm, yes. And, and I, and I wrote every single week, almost like a, a personal blog entry to these followers about what I was figuring out that week. You know, how do you open a PO box? Do I, am I an LLC or am I something else, you know? Mm -hmm. And that really took off. That really worked. People were so jazzed and so enamored by this idea that they knew somebody who was doing something so audacious that they started forwarding my emails. Mm. Oh, I know somebody who is starting a business 
and oh, doesn't wow. know anything about social media. I know wow. somebody who has been in business for a long time and really needs to know what you're talking about. Wow. And it, and it kind of took off from there. And so that's how you got your clients? Yeah. I've been so fortunate to say that probably 75% of my clientele so far have come from word of mouth referrals. Just people forwarding my emails, mentioning me to somebody. I got someone <laughs> this morning who heard about me on BART, mm. uh, which is the Bay Area subway system. Oh, on the subway? Um, <laughs> on the subway. That's yeah. hilarious. Um, and I try to, the, the advice that I give so many of my clients is based entirely on what I'm learning along the way that works. So how do we create word of mouth referral and incentive people to share your business? I try to replicate what, what's worked for me mm-hmm. with my clients as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. Referrals. Can you give any tips on that? Like what somebody who might be starting out would do? Because I, I don't know that that's going to work for everybody. I think it, it works sure. for people who are in glam jobs and who are high sure. and people wonder why the heck they would leave. I think that's really compelling. And there are, there are probably a lot of people out there for whom that is true, but they wouldn't know to tell their story like that. Right. And it is, and it is all about storytelling. I will say, um, in terms of how to incentivize people to refer you, uh-huh. I mean, we see this every, we see this every day, even in, um, you know, brick and mortar shops or restaurants or salons. You know, if you, if you bring in a friend, you get $50 off your next service. Mm. So there are ways that you can actually reward people for bringing you new business in a monetary sense, mm-hmm. or you can make it really easy for them to want to share. So by making it easy, I mean, um, when I send out an email to my list, I literally say at the very bottom, do you know somebody who needs this information? Be a hero and hit that forward button. Oh, and it's just, a very, it's just a very subtle prompt that, oh yeah, I could be a hero. That is so easy to oh, do. So or... <laughs> I make a, a clickable link um, for a pull quote in a blog article that says, tweet this. And I've wow. already done all of the coding so it can wow. automatically craft a tweet for you and spread the message. And people do respond to that. you have to make to it easy. Uh-huh. Yes. You ha- you've got to do the hard work for them. Wow. Okay. That makes sense. It, I like that. It, I, I have a lot of people who come to me and say, can you announce this thing? Can you do this thing? And I'm like, yes, just send me the darn posting. I'm not going to go to your site, look at it, create something for you, right. post it for you, but exactly. I'm you make it easy. You're right. Yeah. These days. Yeah. We all want to support each other, but you've got to almost do the legwork yourself. Make it easy for somebody to give you that shout out. And the other thing that I say is any single time you have the opportunity to meet a potential customer or client, no matter what industry you're in, you have to really wow them so that they are compelled on their own accord to turn around and be like, wow, I went to this new donut shop and they gave me a free cup of coffee. It was (laughs) unheard of. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, those little extras that don't cost us very much most of the time Mm -hmm. are the things that people will turn around and post about on social media. What's the craziest thing that you've 
told people to give away that was successful? That might make people. Oh my gosh. Like what? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it's so crazy. Okay. Um, or I interesting get, I, or I, unexpected, you know, <laughs> other than sure, money but, off. I mean, I think people all think about money off, but what other, what other, what other things makes people delighted? Surprise. Yeah. Surprise and delight. It's all about, um, being will a customer being willing to show up and purchase from you. And then after having that transaction, you throw in something extra. Mm. So um, one of my clients is a brewer and a client comes in and buys a beer from you and they, and you turn around and say, Hey, you know, would you like to also sample this other beer? And you give them a little taster of that other craft beer you know, the person is already primed to be a beer aficionado and a repeat customer. But if you know mm-hmm. it's their first time there and you give them a little something extra, it goes a long way. And maybe they'll buy another beer because they just can't believe how kind you were. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be anything crazy. That's, mm-hmm. you know, that's the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. Whatever you have an excess of, whether it's your time, give away a free consult mm-hmm. um, or your beer, give away some extra, <laughs> some extra hops. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. So give away samples of other things you might have that might delight them. That's really interesting. Right, right. And I want to, you know, I I know that that sounds, you know, like such a privileged thing to be able to do and not everybody can afford to just give away free product. So be very selective. Mm -hmm. Don't do a blanket promotion where you're giving stuff away. Ah, But if you have a real connection with somebody and you know they're likely your target audience, Mm-hmm. and they might be associated with a network of other people like them, mm-hmm. that's the time to really surprise and delight. Mm. Interesting. So what has been the hardest part about reinventing yourself all alone? Are you getting what you wanted in your life now? Do you feel, and how long has it been? Oh, my gosh. Um, it's been just over a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, I am absolutely um, 110% so much more present in my life. I'm still working full time. I've actually almost replaced my corporate salary. Oh, but wow. I, I am the person getting my kids ready in the morning and picking them up from school. I'm the person who still gets to go to Costco on a Tuesday afternoon and buy bulk groceries mm-hmm. and fold socks in between my calls. I feel like I am at the stage of my life that I'm in, mm-hmm. having it all, which I didn't believe was possible. I was a big naysayer about working women being able to have it all mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have found that I have, I have achieved that balance for myself. And it's not always easy. And sometimes I still do work too much. Mm-hmm. But between where I was and where I am now, night and day. And so what is the feeling? The feeling is that you no longer sense your life sort of slipping away from you and that you're not getting the things that you wanted or how do you describe that? Because that was very, very pictorial what you were saying about looking out over the Golden Gate Bridge and realizing you achieved Mm -hmm. everything, but you're not satisfied or comfortable. Yeah. Um, I feel like my life, is moving a lot more slowly 
Mm. for sure, which Mm -hmm. is a good thing. Like Mm -hmm. I said, you know, at this Mm -hmm. particular life stage that I'm in with young children, I know it's not going to last forever. And even having three or four extra hours with them every day Mm -hmm. um, makes, you know, it's that many more memories that we're able to have now that I don't have to commute any place. I have that, I have that time back And, and time is not standing still, but it's going much more slowly. And I don't feel like um, I'm wondering when it's going to end. There was always this feeling that I'm sure a lot of working mothers have, like, at some point, it's going to get easier. This is just a short period of time that things are so hard. Mm -hmm. But when that time comes, your kids are much older. And it was a sad realization that I might be, you know, I might be missing out on some of those precious moments. So to answer your question, yeah, I do feel, um, I do feel like I have a better handle on that balance. Mm -hmm. And I also am working very hard to challenge the status quo in the corporate environment. I don't think that it's reasonable to expect people to sit in a chair and stare at a computer for 40 plus hours a week. Nobody's working that much. I actually have a client. Oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I, I work with a woman who also works in tech and has young children. And she said, you know, I really could do my job in four days. And we helped her pitch to her boss, pay me the same, but I'm going to come in four days a week and I'm going to have a three day weekend. Let's try it out and see how it goes. And her boss went for it. And now they're implementing a policy for anybody who wants to also on a trial basis, do a four day work week. Wow. Amazing. That's incredible. With technology where it is, it's it's time. It's time for a revolution. I agree. I agree. agree. So are you able to influence any of your clients along that way? Are you able to, um, other than coaching clients who have to go Mm -hmm, back to their, mm -hmm. their bosses, are you able to, bring that thinking to anybody or how are you doing it? Just yes. kind of, go ahead. Yes, Ab- absolutely. There are companies who reach out to me simply because they know that my background, having been at a place like Google that attracts top talent from around the world, mm-hmm. um, they want to hear from me. What are the things that we should be doing at a company benefits wise, perks wise, culture wise, to incentivize good employees to come here and to stay. And they want to know things like what, you know, what should a maternity leave look like and what should a transition back to the office look like? And -hmm. just having been exposed to that world for so long, that is valuable to a lot of companies and they are trying to keep that competitive edge when it comes to attracting talent. And Mm -hmm. they're always looking for how do we treat our employees better? Mm. That's good to hear. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In publishing where it was all shrinking, they were taking everything away. So it's good to hear that somebody's yep. working on the other side. So talk yes, a little bit about, go ahead. Yep. Go ahead. I was just going to say, especially in the Silicon Valley area that I'm in, um, it, it's quite competitive in terms of attracting and retaining employees. I know it's different region to region, but where I am, it's just a microcosm of (laughs) how can we give more to the employees? That's fantastic. 
So what else about reinvention, Rachel, that is particular to women your age with your issues, wanting to slow things down, wanting to actually be present for their families? I would thought you were going to tell me that you did a lot of meditation or things like that. Have you explored uh, that kind of <laughs> present idea or is it really just yes. was changing the structure of your work life? Yes, uh, I, I tried everything. Leslie, I tried meditation. I tried yoga. You tried it all. Um, my, I tried it all. Okay. And although I know it works wonderfully for a lot of people, and a lot of my clients actually teach these these practices, um, and I know a lot about them. For me, it was more about setting up new structure, new boundaries, and creating time and space for myself and my family that let me. Uh, achieve that freedom for myself, right? Because I'm I'm always a mile a minute thinker. It's right. uh, slowing down actually <laughs> physically gives me anxiety. Right, right. Well, I think there's I think what I found is that there's a um, there's a momentum created by the kind of intense. Um, jobs that we do with the commutes and the being on and being present and then commuting home and then running out and buying groceries. You, you just get on the hamster wheel and there is a Mm -hmm. endorphin splash that you must be getting because you know, this is not healthy. You know, this is not good. You know, you're not happy, but you're afraid to get off because you don't know what else there is. You're afraid of the hamster wheel stopping because that's all you know. And so you stay on it. It has its own momentum. And when you get off, you see things differently. What right. else? It's you, so true. What else do you think you see differently now that you're off? Do you? Oh, my goodness. Um, the longer I'm out of the corporate world, the more things I, I see differently. And to be honest, it's been not just a huge opportunity for growth, but it's been very sad for me at times to realize that a lot of what I subscribed to culturally no longer fits in my life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Things like, like competitive, um, you know, competitive things that I didn't even mm-hmm. realize. Diet culture played mm-hmm. a big part of my life mm-hmm. early, you know, earlier in my career. And I had, I had no idea. I thought I was just being healthy and eating clean like everybody else. Um, but I've had to take a magnifying glass at these areas of my life that were so commonplace and that I was surrounded by every day by these other A-type professional people mm. um, and ask, is this still serving me now that, I, uh, that I'm creating my own environment and my own lifestyle by design? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. And you know, I feel like I've, I've definitely changed circles. Some of my friends have mm-hmm. fallen away. That I makes feel sense. like I can't, mm-hmm. yeah, I can't um, complain about my job, you know, mm-hmm. with as many people mm-hmm. as I used to. And I realized that was the basis of our relationship was just mm-hmm. commiserating about work. Yeah. 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 Wow. So those things, um, yeah, those things have been a difficult transition out of and certainly unexpected. That's so interesting. So here we are at the end of our podcast. So I wanted to ask you for, you've given a bunch of tips, but I always do like to say, 
Do you have one or two things that people who are feeling that same kind of loss and something needs to change feeling and I'm worried about losing track of this great thing I have, how do they reinvent themselves out of that? Yes, I have a couple of tips for you. The first one is start before you're ready. And what I mean by this is we often think that we need to go back to school to change careers or that we need a certification to do whatever it is that we want to go and do. And while that may be true long term, just go ahead and start anyway Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. see what happens. Mm-hmm. See if anybody asks you for your yoga certification before you start teaching people yoga in the park for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you're already good enough and you know more than you think you do. So don't let that get in your way, that thinking that you need to go and you know get certified or educated before starting. You can determine that later. Mm-hmm. Um, Another tip is a book that I absolutely adore. It's called Playing Big by Tara Moore. And what I love about this book is that she very well articulates two types of fears that I think is so common when it comes to deciding, ah, should I stay or should I go? Or anything that brings up feelings of fear or doubt in your life. And she explains that There is true fear, the fear that you experience if you're about to fall off a cliff and Mm -hmm. are saving yourself from that experience. But then there's another type of fear that's truly about excitement or awe that has a very, very similar physical response in the body, but it's really just you imagining going out of your comfort zone. And the book really helped me identify whether I was feeling fear, like, oh, my God, I'm going to be homeless and die if I quit my job. Mm-hmm. Or if I was actually kind of excited and scared mm. and growing through that process. So I highly mm. recommend playing big. Mm. Great. Um, and then, en- and then I, I plugged this earlier, but I really cannot emphasize enough the importance of a mailing list. Start a mailing list, <laughs> even if you have nothing to sell. Um, I teach social media day in and day out, but there is nothing like the power and intimacy of being in your clients or potential clients or friends of clients inboxes Mm. at the start of your business. Um, That's something that you will own, whereas Facebook could go away tomorrow. Instagram could go away tomorrow. They're constantly tweaking their algorithm. There's nothing more important than collecting emails. It's something that you will own forever, um, whereas algorithms are changing all of the time. So start an email list, ask your friends, ask their friends, create an opt-in on your webpage if you have one. It's uh, probably my number one business tip. Wow. Awesome. Great. Well, Rachel, thank you so much. Where can people find you if they want to find you on the web or they want to follow you? What are your handles? Sure. And- so I'm- Sure. So my, my website is my consultancy business name, catchfootandrun.com. And on social media, I'm catchfoot, like catch a fish <laughs> and okay. foot. Uh, and also catchfoot and run. One of the accounts is more business oriented, whereas one is more lifestyle 
oriented and I'm quite active on both. Great. So not light foot, catch foot. Catch foot. Yes. That's my clever moniker. Okay. <laughs> it's my brand. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. I so appreciate your time and I'm going to go right on. And now I know what I'm going to be doing over the weekend is doing the uh, YouTube course. Cause I didn't YouTube, even know that yes. existed. Fantastic. Yes. Let me know when you're ready. Awesome. <laughs> we'll chat. Thank you, Rachel. Okay. Thank you, Leslie. So I want to thank you all for spending some time with us here at Reinvent Yourself with Leslie Jane Seymour. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Rachel Lightfoot and you picked up some great tips and tricks for really figuring out how to restructure your life so you can have it all, even though we hate to use that wording today because it's become so negative. I think it's having it all in a different way and having it all in your own way. If you like what you heard, I hope that you will subscribe and that you will give us some stars and a review because that's the only way other people hear about our podcast. And I would love it also if you would share the podcast with other people. And if you have any ideas for interesting women who've reinvented themselves in some very special way that you will send them to me at leslie l-e-s-l-e-y at coveyclub.com and i hope that you will join us again for our next episode of reinvent yourself take care